Toy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, I'm Trent, and it is so wonderful to have your company today for episode 166. This week on Toy Power, we've got a very special guest joining us to dive deep into a number of projects that are either on the go or are in the backlog. We'll then round it out with some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle goodness because, boy, isn't it a wonderful time to be a Turtles collector? Joining me today in the Toy Power virtual studio, we've got Frank. Well, hoi hoi. Darren. Hello, everyone. And our very special guest of honor, Jay Bartlett, all the way from Canada. Jay, welcome to Toy Power. Oh, gentlemen, I'm, I've been looking forward to this for a long time now, so thanks for having me. Awesome. Oh, Oh, we have two, well. and I know, I know Darren's just been champing at the bit to, to get you on the show. And like any good friend, he's tracked you down, made sure we've, we've got you on. And now with both you and Rob, we've got the Nintendo Quest you know, duo on the show. And that's a, a really good um, thing for us. So happy to have you on. You've, you've collected us now. There you go. <laughs> we've got, we got the set. We have, we have a complete set. <laughs> we, we haven't had to quite go around the nation looking, looking for it for you, but, you know, it's, it's come a bit easier to us than maybe your, your Nintendo Quest. It's a thought that counts. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, in typical Toy Power style, we're going to get to know you, Jay, and our listeners will get to know you. And what we do is with these next questions, we want you just to put yourself back into your childhood so think of yourself as perhaps a 10 year old jay and if you can tell us what was your favorite toy line as a 10 year old oh here we go <laughs> um if you guys follow me at all you know i the star wars is my life however i will say the real american hero gi joe line is it is and probably was and still is my favorite toy line of all time I think G.I. Joe was just fantastic for so many reasons. So, yeah, that one. That's awesome. Um, and G.I. Joe, some big news, I guess, with Hasbro and a relaunch of, I guess, sort of Real American Hero, but in the six-inch scale. What are your thoughts on, on that relaunch? Uh, not, not too good, unfortunately. I usually have positive things to say because uh, that's just how Rob and I are. But this line doesn't make sense. I don't know where we kind of fell off the plot, you know, a few years back where six inch became the regular. I don't know how much it costs way over there for you guys, but a Star Wars Black Series or a Marvel Legends is about 32 bucks here. Um, and that's a lot of money compared to $10 that they used to be. Plus, when you're going six inch, uh, G.I. Joes aren't really G.I. Joes without vehicles. So, I mean, how are you going to do a Sky Striker for a six-inch figure? It's going to be like $300, right? So Yeah, no, exactly. Very, yeah, some very good points there. What have, you, what have been your thoughts on some of the color schemes? Because they've been meshing, I guess, a whole lot of different 
styles Styles together to create almost sort of like a a classics version and and snake eyes was the first figure we saw and when i saw that i thought wow this is you know very sort of nostalgic and feels very accurate to what i think of as a source material but then we got things like duke and scarlet and roadblock and they seemed very interesting in the particularly for me the color palette have you have you sort of seen anything a bit strange in the way that they've chosen to apply colors in this line and even maybe styles yeah it reminds me of um the color palette of fortnite and almost the same kind of style of art as fortnite and it's kind of weird because they're definitely 100% not marketing them towards adults. Or, or sorry, they're they're not marketing them towards kids. They're 100% for us guys who grew up with it, right? So I scratch my head at a lot of stuff Hasbro has done lately. Like, why don't you just make them the way they look? Either in the Sunbow cartoon or the Marvel comic or, or you know, the IDW comic. But they want to mess with them. And I think... Scarlet might be the worst one, but they just released pictures of Destro about a week ago, and he looks okay. I mean, he looks pretty pretty close. I just don't know why they can't just make Duke look like Duke, you know what I mean? Yeah, it feels like a, a best of, and they've given their, their Hasbro designers something to do. Hey, here, mess with a classic and take from all these different influences, and you end up with something that doesn't really look like anything almost. Like, yeah, yeah that's very strange. All right, we'll move on with our uh, little intro questions here, Jay. In the same kind of vein, 10-year-old Jay, what are you going to see at the movies? What was your favourite movie as a 10-year-old? Return of the Jedi. Oh, yep. yes. Nice. Uh, I found an, another fellow Jedi fan. <laughs> yeah, it's still my favourite movie of all time. It's, it's almost not even like a movie to me. It's almost like an event. I have to be in a certain mind frame because... I, I cry, I get emotional, I get super happy. So whenever Star Wars is on TV and stuff, I turn it off because otherwise, you know, I have to like give it my undivided attention. It's almost like a religious experience for me. <laughs> hey, you asked, you got, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fair enough. We, we love that um, passion for it. So um, I just wanted to mention um, before I roll into the next question, um, the input that that Ben, who couldn't be with us today, had in um, um, collaborating with these questions. Some of these are his and some of these have been fine-tuned by him. And as we, particularly as we go into the the, um, second topic, the deeper questions. So huge, um, huge credit to Ben and thanks for, for doing that. And, but sadly he couldn't join us today due to work commitments. So without any further ado though, Jay, um, what's your favorite video game? (laughs) My my favorite, like, uh, do you want to do NES or you mean like all time? Whichever you prefer, it can be NES. It can it, sure. it can be something outside of the NES. Um, whatever. Uh, my favorite video game of all time is World of Warcraft, um, hands down. There's not even a question in my mind. Uh, my favorite NES game is Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Oh, okay. Um, because as a kid, the game really it really scared me because the difficulty was insane. It still is, and. Uh, being young, I didn't understand the RPG system, putting the different talent points in the three trees. So it really made no sense to me, and the overworld was a mess. So after Nintendo Quest, after my stuff was shot, I made it a goal of mine to go back and beat Zelda, and I did it like three times in the one week. And then I had this thing, oh, I'm going to be like a speedrun champ and nothing. <laughs> and 
last very long, but yeah. <laughs> nice. That's great. Yeah, no, look, I mean, so much, so much choice. And with, I guess, the lockdown, great time to be a, a video game fan, plenty of time to, to bust out video games and, and, you know, what better thing to do from isolation. So, um, yeah, some of those challenges, I, we've talked a little bit on Toy Power about some of the difficulty in those older games. And I remember just the, uh, the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, not, not the arcade version, but the, I think it was sort of the Konami version that came out for the yeah. NES and I had it on my PC and just how difficult that was. We often talk about the mine level, the underwater level with underwater the underwater level. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I just shudder to think about kids playing those games now, whether they sort of have the patience to push through like we yeah. did back in the day, because you just, you had to, if you wanted to get to the next mm. level that you couldn't turn it off and just download another game from the internet. <laughs> And that, that game didn't get the love that it deserved, in my opinion, because it was based more on the comic book. Uh, and, of course, the cartoon was so big then, right? And I remember getting my hands on it. I, I didn't know anything about the Eastman Laird comic book, right? I just knew the, the cartoon. So uh, putting it on, I'm like, well, why do they all have red headbands on the cover? Like, I'm like, this isn't, you know, the kind of turtles mm-hmm. I liked. And all the enemies were just a mishmash of whatever, right? I think Bebop yeah. and Rockstead here and there, but it doesn't really look like them. and. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird, weird title. Yeah, all right. We're going to now get into our deeper questions for Jay. And the first one, so as we know, and as we talk to Rob about the upcoming project, which Jay is going to star in, Action Figure Adventures. So, Jay, you're going to be the the front man who's trying to buy the action figures to raise money from the children's hospital. Um, so basically you have to go in and make really good, I guess, investment decisions so it's not about necessarily finding the most expensive item you're looking for the biggest margin so can you get something that you know for relatively cheap that you think you can sort of on sell i guess i'd love to get a flavor now to to sort of delve into your love for action figures and what were really some of the big intellectual properties that you grew up with or that inspired you as a child to kind of collect these lines well, um, I'm going to thank my mom for all of that because she spoiled the hell out of me as a kid and and she pretty much bought me every line under the sun, even the rare Conan stuff to uh, Chris Star, to Black Star, Brave Star, all the stars. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just realized how silly I, I sounded when I kept saying Star. But, um, yeah, I mean, so she's responsible for creating this and... Um, uh, my mom is very, very ill right now. She's she's in good care, but um, it's difficult time for for me um, going through that with her. So when Rob and I kind of came up with what we wanted to do next, of course, Super Nintendo was on the radar, and we were we were sitting down trying to write it, and we're like, I don't know, man. You know, like I, I don't know if this is gonna if it's gonna work. And then we started talking about toys and we decided just to do the toy thing. So a lot of this passion is dedicated to my mom because she gave me such a wonderful childhood. And it's, uh, you know, I still have 90% of my, my toys, except my masters, of the universe stuff got donated to my cousins. But uh, other than that, I got everything. So uh, my passion is it's, it's from my mom and um, yeah, I got her to thank for it. Yeah. And you mentioned a lot of lines there, Jay. So, you know, even things like Chris Star, yeah. Black Star, which is really hard to find, 
brave star just to round out another star. But I guess you had quite a deep collection of action figures, a number of deep lines. Did, did you get into the properties themselves via the cartoons or was for some of these lines, was it all about the toys? Well, I don't know how old you guys are. I'm 44. So it was still too early. Like black star was like 81. So it was still way too early to be taping stuff off of TV. Right. So I was really, mm. uh, you know, I was really at the mercy of what was on TV at the time and what I could remember um, so I'd say from the big uh, McFarlane toy uprising of the year 2000 and on, that's when I really started to rediscover, you know, Black Star getting it on DVD and, you know, going through Thundercats again and stuff like that, right? Um, when I was a kid, of course, it was the big four. It was uh, Transformers, G.I. Joe, Masters of the Universe, and Mask. I don't put Star Wars in there because that's a given, right? Uh, so those are the four that I was really into, uh, where I didn't really need the source material that much. Uh, but over time, I've gone to appreciate the, um, you know, the, the lesser known heroes like Black Star is a fantastic show, right? I mean, I was before Masters of the Universe, and I don't think it gets enough, a, a lot of love that it should. So, yeah, yeah very cool. So uh, you've spoken, um, obviously we've mentioned about uh, action figure adventure documentary that's coming up, um, obviously Nintendo Quest. Um, so it appears that this uh, the new project kind of follows in a similar sort of vein uh, to, to Nintendo Quest in that you're the, the, the face of it and the audience is sort of following you along on this journey. Um, uh, are you, how much sort of input do you have? Is it, is it Rob basically saying, now go do this? Or do you go, no, 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 actually, I'm going to, I'm going to pivot here and, and the camera crew just sort of follow you. Like how does that uh, symbiotic relationship work sort of thing? Yeah, nothing is scripted. Um, everything that happened in Nintendo Quest happened in real life. Um, and the same with this, there's a lot of things that come up in action figure adventure that were like, I can't believe this is happening. And it, and it did happen. So what happens is um, sometimes we call to the stores ahead of time, but a lot of times we don't because we find if we call, if we give them a ring, I don't know if they think we're just like some like, you know, little college group or whatever, <laughs> doing a little indie yeah. film or whatever. But when you show up with the full crew, they tend to take you a little bit seriously. And of course our producer goes in there and hands them, this is what we're doing. And I have the worst job at, at, at the beginning because I can't go in the store because like I was saying, um, I'm, I'm not an actor, right? I'm just, I'm just a collector. So if I was to go in there and, Oh, look, it's the cat slayer. Like you could tell I was reenacting. <laughs> I get to wait out in the production van. Everyone gets set up and then, you know, Rob will say, okay, go. And I don't know the layout of the store. I don't know what's in the store. I only know what's in here and what I think I'm trying to do. And that changes many times, especially in the action figure series. So how long have you and Rob been close friends? Uh, I think I was six and he was two. And that was um, the house I live in now. This is my childhood house. And he he lived two doors down that way. So we kind of grew up in... He's, he was a lot younger than me, so I, I was kind of his babysitter a little bit, but I was still pretty young. 
And um, he just kept coming over and knocking on the door. And I'm just like, Jesus, what do you want now? But <laughs> it's like, come on, let's go play. And we'd play He-Man outside forever, man. And he just <laughs> couldn't leave me alone. And then, then it was, you know, we're getting old enough to have a few beers. And then you discover music and girls. And then you just, you know, you're lifelong friends. That's awesome. awesome. That's a great That's story. Cool. Love it. Love, love, love those sort of things. Yeah, I, I had a, um, a friend at a, a holiday destination that we would holiday at and he was the next door neighbor there. Similar age difference. I was the older one. Yeah. But just yeah. whenever we came, his excitement, like his mum would be saying, no, no, you can't go over at six o'clock in the morning. He's sleeping. You got <laughs> to wait till at least seven. But yeah. it was just, there was something about that, that sort of friendship of, he was just so excited to have, you know, the older kid to play with and, and we'd play Transformers and, and all sorts of things, go bike riding and stuff. And, and I think it's just a, can be a very special bond, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and we really grew up, how do I say this? Like we grew up through the toys. We grew up together through the video games, you know, the toys and then it became Nintendo, then it became Genesis and everything else that came after that. Um, but yeah, some of our greatest memories still today are, are, like we, we used to play a really obscure line called Captain Power. I'm sure you guys know Captain Power. It's a terrible show, but we used to we used to love that. You know, we play not just with the GI Joes and Transformers, but the really weird stuff. And we would take all of the guys and we would mix them up. We called the game Mix Up and because we didn't just want to use the Joes or Transformers. We wanted to use Chris Star and Captain Power and stuff like that. So. Just a lot of fun, man. And we, I think we made stories way better than any of the episodes. But <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. I love integrating, giving some of those, those lesser known lines a bit of love, a bit of time in your, in your, in your playrooms rather than just the, the big four as, as can be the, the way that those big properties stand out. Bring in the little guys. Yeah, there's a lot of cool, a lot of cool stuff. I'm really a big fan of Robotech. Um, but back then, I didn't understand what Robotech was. I just thought... Scott Bernard figure was the coolest figure of all time. And he's still one of my favorites of all time. But uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Very good. Hey, and, and you've been reaching out to a lot of the, um, the backers and the fans for action figure adventure. So it was done as a Kickstarter. So you've got obviously the, the, the fans that want to get their hands on the, you know, the DVD or the Blu-ray copy, get, get it into their hands. But obviously you'll then be going, um, through the through the distribution channels um, and streaming services that you you'll tee up, but you've been able to reach out to a lot of the fans on the Kickstarter and do a couple of polls and try and get some feedback. Have you have you gotten any sort of broad trends or interesting things back from those interactions and back from those polls that that are interesting and you sort of want to mention now? I don't have a lot of access to that, Rob is kind of behind the scenes with that stuff. So that's all written by him. And um, again, he's the director, right? And the writer. So we kind of came up with some ideas together. Yeah. Um, one I can talk about is without anybody seeing it, this is just great. And this is a testament to how passionate the toy community is. Everybody wants, oh, you better make sure Thundercats are in there. They're bringing a lot of Thundercats. <laughs> and, you know, one dude will be like, oh, yeah, man, like I love, uh, you know, Brave Star or whatever. Just make sure you get some Brave Star stuff. It's like, okay, well, I don't really control what's in the stores, but I appreciate the enthusiasm. And then, of course, I have to think, you know, it, it is like a Brave Star complete in box going to sell? Is anybody going to care? Right? So that's mm. constantly what's in my head, too. That's 
it's a fun problem to have, but it's very stressful. Yeah, it, it, look, it is. I, I get the the challenge. I mean, I know I'd certainly pay top dollar for a mint in box thirty thirty. Oh, uh, yeah, it's the one it's... one thing missing from my box collection. But um, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I know I know what you mean. Like probably some of the other stuff is not going to necessarily in those lines are not going to go for the sorts of dollars that some of the better known properties are going to go for. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of people are just, they want to make sure that their franchise is represented. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah. But I think, mm. I think everyone's going to be uh, pleased with season one. There's a good representation of most things. Excellent. So with, with that in mind, and uh, I'm, I'm aware that spoilers are obviously a very big thing on the internet today. Is there, um, excuse me is there a standout moment from i guess not necessarily just action figure uh, adventure documentary but uh, without giving too much away but is there a standout moment where you and rob have looked at each other and just gone did that just happen right like it feels scripted but but it obviously wasn't what's what's probably a a highlight for you for your um any project really with with rob Uh, yeah i mean there's there's a lot Uh, there's a lot of stuff that um didn't make the final cut that's on the cutting room floor but one in particular was jd from nintendo quest and that made it into the film because that's such a big part of the story one of the Mm. stories in it and we couldn't believe that this regular dude (laughs) he was a regular at a store called warp zone in ohio and uh he knew we were coming he knew there was a big collection coming in that uh, darren the store owner had kind of ordered uh, for us to browse through and he showed up right before us and he bought like a lot of the good stuff right out from from under <laughs> us and and my reaction in that is 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 real and rob's just you should have seen rob man he's like i'm gonna go in there i'm gonna pull him out of the store i'm like no no man <laughs> <laughs> we're a little different that way but um i'm like nope that's fine if he wants to go do it man he was here first you know i'm not the kind of guy who's gonna lose any kind of sleep over that i mean there's gonna be another jetsons out there (laughs) yeah there's a few i can't talk a lot about uh any stories in action figure just yet sure not so it's in a syndication but yeah is there one particular episode you think that's really gonna like have people like us jumping out of our seats or I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Just the whole thing. <laughs> I, I hope so. Yeah. There's, there's a couple big pieces that, um, how do I say this? It, it took my breath away just to see them. Um, and a, a few people that are involved that I never thought I would get to actually talk to and hang out with that were just like crazy. I was on a show, um, crowdfunding comics about a month ago before this craziness started and i got to be a guest with larry hama so we were were hoping to get larry as well at uh, joe fest this year but that was what there's an example there larry's not in it yet we want him in it but um just to be able to talk to him like for a couple hours was just like ron friedman from he wrote the transformers movie yeah getting to talk to him is just insane you know and he he jokes, you know, he's like, yep, I'm the guy who killed Optimus Prime. He's smart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot of, lot of childhood destroyed in that moment back in the 80s. Did, did you guys, you guys, as old as I am, did you see in the theater? You no, no. I did. We're a bit I younger. I'm not um, sure if Sean and Feet is over here, but 
I certainly didn't see it. In, it was a, it was definitely a part of my childhood, and I, I remember it very fondly, and, and definitely have the Blu-ray now. But yeah, I remember it in video stores uh, growing up, and I remember it being broadcast on TV. But I don't ever remember seeing it at the cinema or seeing uh, um, trailers or coming soon or any any of that sort of stuff. Uh, I remember it being the yeah you know, the the rental where you'd go to the video store when that was still a thing. And look to your point, it was probably better that it was at home because when Optimus did kick it, I was beside myself and and mum and dad were there to to comfort me and you could pause it and and come back to it. But it was still one of those things I remember. You know, it was such a, an an emotional roller coaster. And then it gets to the end and you're like. All right, now we're going to watch it again. Like rewind the tape. Let's let's do it all over again. Which which she couldn't do in the cinema, but it's probably a good thing. Otherwise, I, I would have made a scene uh, and embarrassed my parents in public. I think. <laughs> yeah, that what about was you, Joe? Was it was it in cinemas in Canada? Yeah, we we Rob and I saw it. Yeah, um, but I watched it about ten million times since then. And that movie gets a really bad rap, not because of the Prime story arc, but. <clears throat> You know, a lot of people just say, oh, well, it's just Hasbro pushing toys. Sure, but every single cartoon, that's what they were for. They, they would bring in the new Joes, and then you'd have to buy them that year, right? But the story in the Transformers movie is so good. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I just loved it. And people forget it's like the year 2005, so it's not 1985 anymore. So it's 20 years later. And all the old guys are just getting ripped apart. And I'm just like, wow, this is really cool, man. Like, it, it yes. makes sense. The Decepticons are finally strong enough to attack Earth. And uh, this is what happens. Yes. But anyway, it I get is actually my favorite. favorite Transformers movie to date. Oh, uh, by far. Yeah. It's, you know, it's... I'm so, I know it gets a bad rep. And I agree, all that stuff people said is true. It was ushering in the new toy catalog. But you hit the nail on the head. That's what every animation, every piece of animation based on a toy line has ever done yeah but i found i mean I, for one I, I love it i love the movie it's one of my favorite animated films I, and it's something i could just watch over and over it's it, and, and very few films do that for me now where i can just watch them over and over again and really get something out of it really enjoy them but for me i never saw it in that light because to your point jay you know this is the, the decepticons are powerful optimus prime getting taken down is a real pivotal moment. And then you've got that void, you know, who does the matrix of leadership go to? Someone's going to step up and you've sort of got that destiny vibe, which you can kind of lose if you're just always, you know, there's no stakes in, in a cartoon Mm. or in something and you're just trying to push toys. This felt like the stakes were high and, and the pressure was on and the threat was there. And even when ultra Magnus, you know, dons the leadership dons the matrix for a bit you know he doesn't survive it's just such a, a threatening well-paced film and yeah. and you know some of the the voice work is tremendous i mean just look at some of the talent in that film it's 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 uh, to me it's it's brilliant film and the soundtrack man like oh, oh, some of those still, tunes i yeah. still crank them out regularly <laughs> yeah it's it's i remember getting that on cd in the nineties and it was like, I had to import it. Right. Cause it was really tough mm. to get. And yeah, it's, it's such a fantastic soundtrack. And uh, yeah, I just wish again, I'm old school, man. It's not that I don't really like the Michael Bay stuff, but they don't look like transformers to me. They look like insect yeah. men. Right. <laughs> I um, couldn't agree more. I just wish, I mean, I haven't seen Bumblebee. I know what happens in Bumblebee, but uh, I just wish 
they should just make Transformers and make it take place in the 80s. Like if they're going to make a live action one, then you can justify making the cars look old and sound waves, a tape recorder, blah, blah, blah. Right. That's what we want. That's what everybody wants. Again, without spoiling Bumblebee, which is, is worthy of, of a watch the opening scene in Bumblebee, there's talk that they're basically going to make a series or another movie with that aesthetic which is close it's not straight up you know uh you've got a rectangle for a forearm like from the 80s but it's much more much closer to that 80s look than the uh the michael bay uh mess shall we say so yeah, yeah. definitely definitely go out and watch that one mate. it's g1 enough that i that was what i always wanted the original live action transformers film to yeah. look like you know um, and that was what i i guess my imagination had pictured when they when they were announced they're doing it because to me that is transformers but but that's not to knock knock the michael bay films they have their fans yeah i mean it's like it's like everything i mean i know we're gonna get into turtles later so i won't bust this out but it's it, it's like turtles right it's like every generation every decade has had their own turtles that they grew up with right the stuff yeah. that the 87 stuff we grew up with is not the same as the 2007 and the Whatever that new mess is, where they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you've been listening to our show, haven't you? And heard our thoughts on Rise of the TMT. <laughs> oh, I can't do it. <laughs> Let, let's take let's take what the turtle looks like and just throw that out. And I'm gonna make, that doesn't make any sense, man. Let's throw out their personalities while we're at it. Leo's no longer the leader of graphics. <sighs> Oh, really? Stop it, Darren. You're breaking me. You're Darren, breaking if anyone me. mentions the words Thundercats roar in this conversation, they're going to get the <laughs> wrath of Trent. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Just don't, don't do it, man. It will hurt you. It's yeah. just... No, I'm, oh. I'm actually going through, I'm going through the, uh, the whole original series right now. I'm, I'm halfway there. Um, and my one buddy like jokes, uh, one of my posts, and he joked, and he put the intro to Thundercats roar. And I'm like, what did I just watch? Yeah. So I went and I had a shower because I felt so dirty. <laughs> it's like, dude, they're all they're all like little baby cats or something. Yeah, like, yeah. Ch- chibi sort of style oh, things. Nah. Just, it makes me so angry just thinking about it. Yeah, it's yeah. just weird, weird like design choice. I I won't even look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what do you currently collect? What do I collect? Yeah, currently. What do you cu- currently, yeah. Uh, toy-wise, you mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much everything. Uh, <laughs> mostly focused on 80s. Yeah, I'm not, you know what, I man, I'm not a, I'm not a completionist. Like, I don't have to have the whole set of something. It's just whatever resonates with me. Uh, nostalgia fuels a lot of it, obviously. Um, yeah, man, just pretty, pretty much anything. The only stuff I don't, I gave away my Masters of the Universe stuff. I got a, some of it back, but I haven't got a lot of that. And the LJN wrestlers, the WWF wrestlers I used to have, I don't have any of those anymore either. But pretty much any of the big series I, I collect now. Yeah. No. Which is dangerous, man. It's dangerous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a deep well. <laughs> so mainly vintage or modern updates as well? Yeah, I do modern, absolutely. Like... Uh, bunch of my youtube videos just by mistake the last few i've made are on the NECA turtles and <laughs> i swear to god i would only get the turtles and now i have like bebop and rocksteady and april's coming i'm like oh god 
<laughs> can't stop, man. Those figures are insane. They are so good. This is like what I've been waiting for since I was a kid. Those NECA ones. So true. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we do uh, regularly do a toy of the year episode. Obviously, when it gets to sort of you know December time, and I'm calling it now that Bebop figure. That's unless something else miraculous comes out in the rest of this year. That Bebop figure is is my pick. It's just that good. Yeah, they're fantastic, and they're to scale, which is fantastic. Yeah. You know, everything's to scale. I love that. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. That's right. And they didn't have to. Uh, hunch characters over to make them all the same height this time around. They're actually allowed to, <laughs> yeah, to make yeah. the tall ones legitimately tall, which is fantastic. Um, when, when Rob was on the show, um, I'd just actually been to, to Melbourne um, to do a bit of filming myself. And uh, there's a shop over there called Lobos, which is probably in Australian terms, the biggest vintage collectible store that we have. And it's got, it would, would be great for something like, you know, action figure adventure to go to obviously, um, if, if you know probably plenty of places outside of canada that that would be sort of holy grail spots yeah um but this this sort of thing you know might have uh, you know has a couple of attorneys it has the hive place set and, and it's got that sort of caliber of stuff uh, but one of the things i found there was um a holy grail item for me um the the blank action figure afa graded mint on card um, which i've been chasing for you know a good 23 years yeah so so i i, I went um and and spent big on on the blank but you know got that into my dick tracy collection and just super happy with that and i think rob's been uh been sort of you know casting a lot of jokes to to try and uh, you know get me to send it across and and those sort of things it sort of seems to be the, the currency between us at the moment <laughs> what what for you is the the biggest um holy grail item that you've you're either still chasing or have sort of got into your collection oh man don't let him bully into that blank figure because we saw, we saw her. Okay, we did. So he knows where it is. Uh, uh, boy, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, I don't know what I can say. I, I think this will be okay. <clears throat> the, the USS flag, I don't have that. Um, the flag to me is one of the greatest achievements in toy making uh, and toy crafting. I mean that the flag project was five to $10 million to design that thing. Like it was, uh, Larry Homo was talking, talking about it and, and how um, they brought the guys from Marvel into the Hasbro studio to, to take a look at the prototype. And he's like, Jesus, look at, look at what Joe has become. You know, that was 85, right? The flag is, you guys I'm sure have seen the flag and got to see it up close. It's one of the greatest, if not the greatest play set, in my opinion, in all of toys. It still is. I think it's just yep. uh, fabulous. And for whatever reason, I just haven't come across it where I've had the expendable income to get it. Because over here, it's $1,200 $1, loose. And that's usually about 70% complete. There's a lot of parts on the flag. So mm. that, that's one. Would you, would you have a spot to put it? It's like a, <laughs> it's like a small bed, isn't it? <laughs> it's a precisely seven feet long. And I'll tell you what, Trent, I'll make a spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not worried about that. That's the least of my worry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
Excellent. So it's interesting, like people like us and, you know, we would, you know, you get something the size of a coffee table, right? I'm going to rearrange my house. And we've spoken many times on our show about um, how the level of collecting or the passion of collecting doesn't seem to go much past our generation. You think of the sort of uh, late 90s to early 2000s kids who are, you know, probably 20 years old now. Um, What do we think that toy collecting in particular um, resonates with us, you know, late 30s, 40-year-old guys um, in particular? Like, is it uh, to do with the just the sheer quality of the product that was out at that time, you know, why do we think it's, it's just, why, why are Hasbro and all the, the toy makers picking on us? You, you said they're not making these GI Joe figures for kids. They're making them for us. Well, we have money now. We don't have to, <laughs> right? In theory, to yeah. to our parents anymore. And the eighties was such a wonderful time in almost all of media and music and filmmaking and toy making. Think about how many different, IPs came out for toys in the 80s. There, there were so many, it's staggering. Way more than any other decade. And most of them are, are really good. Even like the, the smallest, obscure one, like Sectars, that only had five episodes of a cartoon. Those toys are just fantastic. And uh, so I, I can't think, you know, I started to discover girls in the you know, 90s, 91, around there. So I did a bit of the Toy Biz, Marvel, X-Men, and stuff like that, but it really didn't feel right to buy that stuff anymore. It was kind of weird. You know, when you grow up, you're like, I don't want these anymore, right? So a lot of the 90s stuff didn't resonate with me. The cartoons didn't resonate with me. I didn't think anything was that special. But I mean, ask someone who was maybe born in the late 80s or the 90s and, and see what they say, you know? I mean, I don't know if it's because I grew up in the 80s. That's why I'm so partial to it. But I do notice when you go to all these toy cons, it's the same stuff. It's mm-hmm. He-Man. You know, people want He-Man, Thundercats, G.I. Joe, Transformers, you know. You don't really ever see, like, a huge biker mice from Mars, like, display or anything like that. <laughs> not knocking it. I'm just saying, like, the stuff from the 80s is so powerful. Uh, yep. And I'm not even talking about the DC and Marvel stuff, like Secret Wars and Superpowers. Take that out of it just the stuff that was created just to make a product. Right? I don't know. Man, that's, the, that's, that's tough. Yeah. Probably the only one I'd sort of put up there for that's a generation later than all that stuff you mentioned is probably Pokemon. That's probably the one yeah. big sort of nineties. It was too late for me. I sort of I obviously knew it existed, but it sort of skipped me by, but it's still the one that like all those big lines, like your transformers and turtles has been able to reinvent itself and it's still, still kicking you know some still around 30 yeah. years later yeah and the 90s was really weird too because um like a bit of toy history there was rumblings in 93 94 that uh star wars was going to be coming back to the toy shelves so gi joe for instance started converting a lot of their stuff to space and like lines started copying other lines uh, like very badly and everything just kind of was just blah like the, the later Joe, like 93, 94 Joes are just silly. It's like spacemen and aliens. And it's like, what? what is <laughs> of course, Star Wars came in 95 and took over again. But. Yeah. Worse remained ever since. <laughs> well, has it? 
Well, got to, the last few years, I don't know, it's been pretty rough for us Star Wars guys. Yeah, we're taking a lot of hits, but that's okay. That's true. Yeah, the collecting of Star Wars 2 is, uh, again, I'm not a big six-inch figure guy. I get them because that's what there is now. The, the uh, mm. 3.75-inch guys are, there's only like five guys per wave now, so you get maybe 15 figures a year. Whereas in the 2000s, you were getting so many Anakin Skywalker figures, you could drown in them, right? <laughs> I, miss, I miss those times, though, man. <laughs> but in what ways do you think the availability of toy collecting is worse now from mm. when we were young in the 1980s and 1990s? So, so in what ways do you think it's harder to, to find toys or get toys? Mm. Well, I mean, you have one company that controls everything almost, right? So Hasbro owns almost every IP. That's a problem. They have huge distribution problems. I I can't put my figure on or my figure my finger on why that is. I've tried to think about it for a long time now. I don't know if they're manufacturing, you know, stuff to to make it scarce. So we panic every time a new set comes out. Uh, but you also have um, that I've seen that I've observed. Not a lot of kids play with toys, so there's not that need. You know, kids collect Fortnite skins. They collect skins in Overwatch. That's their toy now. Our, our virtual games, right? It's very different. I think in the '80s, I mean, it was marketed for us because we were kids, and that's just before the huge boom of video games took over. Video games really did change a lot. They really did. Yeah, absolutely. We we yeah. we we speak regularly on the show about, you know, what what are the, the the toys competing with? Well, they're competing with your iPad for your kids, right? That's that's where a lot of the uh, and someone who works at a school, I've I've literally seen, you know, mums come at pickup time and they've got their stroller and the little kid who's too young to start school yet, and they've got their digital babysitter in their hands. It's mum's phone or an iPad sort of thing. They're not brandishing a master of the universe figure or a transformer or anything that's that's their go-to um it's just yeah as the technology's got I'm a, I'm a guy who works in technology so i get it but uh you know it still makes me a little bit sad to see that that's become the default uh for yeah. you know for kids imagination really i get i get a little bit i get pretty deep when i talk about this because i think as human beings, one of our big things is we, we need to touch. We need contact, right? Um, and if you guys have seen the toys that made us, I'm sure you have. Uh, Mark Bolomo has a great, great line, which I, I love to quote him on, where he's like, if you're a fan of a, a sports game, you can actually go to a sports match and see your favorite player. But I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I can't go and see Han Solo because Han Solo doesn't exist. So having a, a physical representation of that is very important to me. So I can touch him and I can oh, look, check his outfit out and play with his little gun and stuff like that. Um, and I think that's something that kids are really missing out on. And I, can, I see it a lot in their behaviors, man. It's really weird because they're, everyone just seems a little more withdrawn now. Mm. Like, like, you know, when we were kids, we'd go out and run out and start playing with kids and that and, and kids today the ones that i see at least they're very shy and everyone's very conservative and they just want to go home and play video games and i don't know i'm glad i grew up when i did that's all i know yeah yeah was a wonderful time and and in those comments from mark in that 
um, toys that made us did really resonate with me. It's interesting you pulled out that exact quote because that was something um, that I hadn't really thought of until that that point and watching that. And and to me, it was just almost like an epiphany moment where I'm like, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense and it gives a lot of logic to what I've been doing for the last 23 years and, and couldn't quite put my finger on sort of why I did it. Obviously, nostalgia is a big part of that. But yeah, I can't just go out and watch the the game and and celebrate that like the you know other other fans might. So that was a really really cool moment, I think. Um, what you know, there has been some a lot of changes as technology has changed. Obviously, the advent of the internet is a massive one in terms of the way society has changed, and even toys and marketing and the way we consume media has changed. Do you think? as well what 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 are some of the things that you've seen you know obviously there's been a lot of deterioration like you said one big hasbro that really controls all the ips not all these little guys out there trying to get into the market and coming up with brilliant ideas just to try and get a foothold um so there's been a lot of things that probably have gone backwards but what what are some of the ways that you think the toy industry has actually improved over time and come out of the 80s with a, a better model or a better product or or, or something that's it's better than what we had it um super seven uh with the masters of the universe classics is a great example of absolutely perfect representation of the cartoon characters um a company like that i think we we've got better at making them look more like the source material there's nothing wrong with the way the vintage characters look but if you look at some of the, the Super 7 stuff and the NECA stuff, they look exactly like, like we just pulled it right out of the screen and put it in our hand, right? So I think the realism is there. Uh, even the, the face mapping on some of the new Star Wars Black Series stuff is crazy looking. Like there was a little weird period where they all kind of looked bizarre, but um, the stuff they're doing now is just phenomenal sculpting. Yeah, tremend- and tremendous what Super 7 did with that continuation of the filmation line i've got uh, i've collected that line and i've got it on my shelf in a very specific spot and it it's just crazy looking at them because it is just like having all those filmation characters just there in front of you which is quite a weird thing because like you said like in the 80s we never had versions that really looked like the filmation versions you know he man the toy was never really meant to look like he looked on the cartoon he was different had a different physique different stature his face was very different but to have them in physical form now is just sort of blows my mind. It's just a, it, it completes something that, you know, I love the old toys and, and don't get me wrong, wouldn't trade them for anything, but it, it completes something that was sort of missing these, these, you know, turtles, He-Man, these really screen accurate vintage style figures, but done with those, those technologies now to make them look like they've just jumped out of the screen. It's quite incredible. And one thing that Super 7 does really well, especially with the Masters of the Universe Classics line, is they literally made every single character. So if there was some weird lizard guy in one episode and he ran across the screen, they made a figure of him. That's very, like, vintage Star Wars. And I love that. I love, you know, I don't just need He-Man and Skeletor. I want, you know, the weird aliens and stuff. Forgive me, Rob. I don't know all their friggin' names. (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna kill me, but uh, I I love that. I like how it's not just the main characters. You got the weird aliens, and you know some of the peasant characters from the castle. It's just awesome. It's the world, basically. Yeah, it's it's, what you're looking to recapture in the world. 
Exactly. And so, you know, everyone has that one episode that they like and people don't understand. Why do you like this episode so much? Well, because it had that weird character. And there, there you go. There he is right there, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. And with what, uh, as I'm a big Turtles guy, in case you hadn't picked from this thing behind me, but uh, <laughs> so with what Super 7 are doing with the Turtles now, where they're basically revisiting the Playmate stuff, but then giving you the, the classic style six inch version of that. I'm all about that because yes, they're going to start with your standard, your Turtles and Shredder and Splinter and the main cast, but they've already given hints that they're going crazy deep. They're doing Mark man. They're doing these characters that are just so wacky that, you know, they, some of them weren't ever in the show. And I'm like, yes, I will buy every single one of you. I both love you and hate you at the same time, Brian Flynn, because <laughs> it's going to be an amazing, amazing line. And you know, what's funny about that is this year's toy fair. There was a lot of that and there was a meme going around and I'm probably going to butcher the quote, but it was something like, you know, you're a bunch of suckers. You bought this stuff 30 years ago. You're buying the same stuff 30 years from now, from then, right? Yep. So it's like the real Ghostbusters, the exact same yep. mold, the Playmate <laughs> Turtles, the exact same mold, Masters Universe Classics, the exact same mold. <laughs> like, yeah, we bring up that was added by them. <laughs> that was, I reckon that epitomized um, New York 2020. I think it was by Faz Fung, the, the Faz Fung, who I think works on um, Toys That Made Us. It was, um, it was like an old toy catalog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. It was pretty aggressive. Yeah. Like, it made me feel silly, but <laughs> you feel like an idiot, but I was like, that's kind of funny, right? <laughs> is that, that is what the hobbies... Go ahead, sorry. Sorry, sorry, Jack. Um, I was just going to say, that is what the hobby's about. You talked about it yourself. It's that nostalgia and yeah. you know if it wasn't that we wouldn't be we wouldn't be collecting because we wouldn't have that relationship with with new characters or new properties so so it's kind of that in a nutshell but done as a parody obviously which which i thought was kind of both clever and and um, insulting at the same time <laughs> <laughs> it was cool though because uh the ghostbusters for instance they gave us i think three different lines so there's the the yep. Black Series Marvel Legends ones, and then the uh, the old school Kenner originals, and there's one that was in between. It's yes. kind of cartoony, but kind of real. So I, I really appreciate that. So it's kind of like here you go, choose whatever you want. If you want to go vintage, real Ghostbusters, you want to go movie accurate, do whatever you want. Right? That's kind of cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. All right, and as we as we round out this section here, Rob, this is a bit of a bit of a, a platform Thanks. for you to talk about the action figure documentary. What do you want people to know about it? If they haven't seen the trailer, what are we what are we in for? Um, do a bit of go go a bit of a plug and uh, help your old mate Rob out, and um, yeah, just let people know what is the action figure documentary, and you know where can they find it. Action figure adventure is uh, episodic series. Obviously, starting with season one, it can be seen on the Super Channel this fall. That is our first place. We are looking for distribution elsewhere, but our first deal uh, that's done is in Canada, our home. So that's great. But we're looking just like Nintendo Quest to have it everywhere. <clears throat> Basically, um, I'm a big charity guy, uh, in particular, the Children's Health Foundation, which is the Children's Hospital in my city of London, Ontario here. And we kind of just thought of a, we wanted to do a successor to Nintendo Quest, but instead of me going collecting toys for purely myself, 
I would find the, the best pieces that I deemed auction worthy and then all the proceeds will go to Children's Health Foundation. So uh, we thought it was a really good idea and it, it took off. We didn't even have to kickstart it. We kickstarted the, uh, the funding for the discs, the printing of the discs. But uh, yeah, I'm super excited and I think everyone will be. We haven't forgotten about video games. I get that question a lot too. <laughs> no, we don't hate video games, but it's kind of like... Um, you guys have seen a Christmas story, I presume. Mm, yep. Do you know that there's a Christmas story part two? What? Yeah, that's right. So why? Don't don't look it up. Don't look at it. And that's <laughs> that's kind of what we were thinking, right? Because yeah. that, that the sequel is so bad. We just didn't we didn't want to destroy the magic. So I'm not saying it'll never happen, but it's got to be under the right circumstances. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're certainly looking forward to action figure adventure. I think we all backed it here. We did. And and, and we might even get featured. I think that was one of the things that uh, uh, Charles McFall of giant size team up network organized on our behalf to get our collections featured in there. I noticed Rob put out some uh, specifics around what, what they need for that segment. So maybe we'll be, we'll be on there as well. So that'll be very cool. Oh, that's, that's so cool. Good for you guys. Yeah. 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 It would be, it would be wonderful. Um, Jay, just before we, we round, we'll, we'll get to um, where our listeners can find more about you in a sec, but we just want to have a quick chat about Ninja Turtles. And, and I know I've been sort of following you and seeing what you're into and some of the videos you've been posting and the, and a lot of the flavor recently is sort of around the, the Fred Wolf, you know, 1987 inspired Fred Wolf um, turtles. This is the line done by our good friends over at NECA who just absolutely blew us away at uh, New York comic con 2020 with their offerings for the upcoming year. Um, but you're, you know, I think you, you said off air, um, you were sort of, just just down for the four turtles and and now all of a sudden you know rocksteady and bebop are in the collection you've got april ordered um what are your thoughts on on these NECA figures and and are they pulling at the nostalgia strings like they are for the rest of us uh, yeah absolutely absolutely i mean there's there's a reason why that particular era of turtles is so popular i'm not saying it's the best but it's definitely the one that we all grew up with, right? It's the one that is classic, obviously, besides the comic book. Um, I think they look exactly like the cartoon. They're painted to have that cel-shaded look. Uh, they're very posable. They're very collectible. <clears throat> and they, they made the smart decision of the, the first wave of the cartoon ones. They put a turtle with a bad guy. So you had to get, basically, you know, here they were $70 each. So you had to buy four of these damn packs to get the four <laughs> turtles. And then I'm looking at them all. I'm like, well, I've got Shredder and Krang. I guess I might as well get Bebop and Rocksteady, right? So, yeah, yeah. They're, they're amazing. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah, your articulation on Rocksteady and Bebop, which I think Ben pointed it out to us uh, just shortly before they dropped. And, and when I got them in hand, they're so bulky. That Rocksteady and Bebop are huge and in, in scale. So, um, which is just, just incredible. Um, and the detail and, and yeah, for me to have, I was always a huge rock steady fan as a kid. And I was always disappointed with that first, you know, playmates rock steady figure in a way, because it just never quite captured what he looked like to me. And there's been a few versions which have improved, you know, you know, the, even the mutating rock steady looked a bit more cartoon accurate. But this is this is it for me now. I've finally got closure on that figure that I feel like I haven't had 
for what what is it almost you know sort of 30 30 odd years so um yeah. so happy to have them in my collection they're such a great company they remind me of uh todd mcfarland's stuff from the early 2000s you know the horror the movie maniacs and stuff like that where they're almost almost mini statues um they're just bendable enough to be figures but they're almost just like a statue piece but yeah, I mean, that, that's the top for me. That's why I'm going all in for, like, the Super 7 Thundercats and stuff because they look exactly like the cartoon, right? I mean, yeah, they're awesome. Yeah, I also, to your point about the um, what Hasbro were doing with the Ghostbusters, I feel that's kind of what Necker are doing with Turtles. They're going, hey, are you a, a 1990 movies guy? Well, have a look at these guys. They are walking off the screen accurate. We've got Casey coming, and I can only imagine there's probably some facial recognition license stuff to do why we haven't got an April figure to this point. But, you know, here's a Shredder, and here's a Foot Soldier. But hang on, are you a cartoon guy? Here's those two packs. Wait, are you a, a, a an arcade game guy? Well, we've got the, the same things, but with the, you know, the pixelated artwork, they're really taking, A, they're getting the most out of that turtle's mold and, and good on them because it's a great mold, but they've, they've taken a property that everybody loves from different angles and they've got something for every type of, of turtles fan. Do you, do you want to hear a funny story? And you guys can laugh at me and make fun of me all you want because that's okay. <laughs> so when I got the dark green, the dark green turtles, the NECA ones, and then I saw the light green turtles, I was like, oh, they, they look pretty good, but I'm not doing this again. And you, know, <laughs> you know what sold me? The open pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I'm like, I, I want to I shoot that. I want to take pictures with that pizza. And, uh, and it comes with like the, the turtle blimp blueprints. I'm like, all right, take my money. Take it all. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> little piece of paper, $70. I don't care. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Is, yeah, is there anyone in that line that you're holding out for that hasn't been announced? Uh, so I, I'm not I'm not huge. I'm not nearly like you guys with Turtles, right? I like the original miniseries, the five-parter, and I like the first movie. Beyond that, I, I don't get into the Dimension X stuff too much. So out of that, I think they're bringing out everybody. Baxter, of course, is going to be great. Um, maybe Trag. I don't know if they announced Trag. Yeah, or not. he would be. Tra Trag's a big one for me. He's he's a character. He's, he was very well known from the five parter. Yeah. But there was that original Playmates figure, and then you know, despite all the iterations of Turtles since then, he he barely shows up. So, yeah, very excited for uh, Trag and uh, General Granita, the uh, like the gray vulture looking yeah. style rock one as well give me give me those now casey jones of course april like any of the classic guys i just yeah. can't wait man yeah fantastic jay just before we let you go can you tell our listeners where they can find more about you on the interwebs sure yeah just uh, look me up on facebook jay bartlett really easy youtube jay bartlett Twitter, Instagram, <laughs> Jay Bartlett. I'm sorry, guys. I don't have any cool like Stadium J nickname or anything like that. <laughs> Jay, Jay with a Z line. <laughs> Jay Skywalker and has nothing like that, man. So yeah, <laughs> look me up. I love chatting games, movies, music, toys, whatever you guys want. Look me up, and I I try to get to everybody as quick as I can. Um, and I do. I just want to take the time to say thank you to everyone in the toy community and the video game community because you guys are so awesome and I love your passion and to you guys for having me on this awesome podcast and for liking my stuff on social media all the time. I really appreciate it guys. It's, 
It's just fantastic. No worries. Well, thank you for making the time to come on, man. We really appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, most definitely. Not a problem. I'll, I'll send you the bill. It's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be worth, it'll be worth every every arm and limb of my blank figure. <laughs> um, now, Jay, we wish you and Rob all the best for the launch of Action Figure Adventure. We know already by just talking to yourself and Rob that it's going to be an absolute hit. It's going to be an absolute success. It'll be wonderful. We're going to enjoy it immensely. And we just hope that everyone that wants access to it can get access to it and, you know, fingers crossed for a really strong distribution. Um, but yeah, wish you guys all the best for that and, and, and hope that I know think the world has changed a little bit and it makes that auction a little bit tricky, but um, all the best for a successful outcome for the, the children's hospital over there. Oh, thanks a lot guys. Yeah. We're, we're going to do everything in our power to get it worldwide. Like we did Nintendo quest and uh, power gray skull. So Looking forward to showing you, believe me. I wish I could just show you guys everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. no, we're happy to wait. Uh, we know it'll be worth the wait. So, Jay, once again, thank you for joining us today on Toy Power. Thanks, guys. Uh, reach out to me again anytime. I love being on your show, okay? I appreciate it. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you very much. And Have a, good a night, big guys. thank you to everyone for tuning in to another episode and to all our patrons, and we will see you around the toy aisles. And until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast, at Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram, or have your say and email us, toypowerpodcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're... Yeah. Oh, oh, oh.